Before I get to my next guest, Dr. Bern Bernacki, I want to remind you about a couple of our sponsors, starting with our friends over at Two Under. Two Under Men's Performance Briefs have just released their new Spring and Summer 22 collections with fun, new, and exciting prints like the Freedom 2 and 3, Santa Fe, Tigers, Zebras, and Duckies. And their new exclusive Folds of Honor collection, where they donate 20% of all Folds of Honor sales proceeds to that cause. The patented Joey Pouch technology delivers maximum comfort, fit, and performance while preventing any unwanted skin-on-skin contact or chafing. Good for anything from the golf course, to the boardroom, to the bedroom. You can find these two underperformance briefs in over 4,000 golf pro shops nationwide, all Shields sports stores, all PGA Tour superstores, Golf Galaxy, Dillard's, and other fine retailers near you. You can also order them online at twounder.com. That's the number two, U-N-D-R.com. Two Under, performance in your pants. Use code NEXTT20, that's N-X-T-T-E-E-20, for a 20% discount on the Two Under website. Also want to give a shout out to our friends over at Golf Pride. In golf, light grip pressure releases power. Golf Pride engineered a secret the pros know. A larger lower hand encourages lighter pressure. Plus 4 technology is designed with four additional layers, which reduces tension in the lower hand to generate more power. Play Plus 4 and release the secret the pros know. Now available on Tour Velvet, the winningest grip on Tour. Grip confidence, grip Golf Pride. Okay, now back and next on the tee with me is Dr. Bern Bernacki. Let me give you some background on Bern. He's from my hometown of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. He went to Central Catholic High School, which has one of the best high school football programs in the country. It's where Dan Marino went to high school. One of our favorites over on the football side on our show Thursday Night Tailgate. Steelers play-by-play announcer Bill Hillgrove went there, as did another former NFL quarterback, Mark Bulger, just to name a few of the great athletes that come out of that high school. Byrne earned his college degree in biology from the University of Pittsburgh. He's a primary care physician there in the city and a board member of the Pittsburgh Regional Healthcare Initiative. He is also co-vice president of the First Tee of Pittsburgh and president of the Golf Heritage Society, and I'm honored he is back with me again tonight here on Next on the Tee. Hey, Byrne, how are you, my friend? I'm doing great, Chris. I'm very excited to be with you again. I appreciate it. I'm excited to have you. Byrne, it's it's been a minute since we got to have you on the show. You joined me last year as well, but catch us up. What's going on with you so far here in 22? You know, the Golf Heritage Society is uh, really on fire. We had a wonderful convention in Pittsburgh after after COVID broke. Everybody was a little nervous, but we did everything smart and right, and we had a good turnout. We visited uh, Latrobe Country Club uh, for our competitive uh, program. It was really good. We had a tremendous uh, educational and fun program. We learned a lot. We socialized. It was really good. So now we're getting back into visitations and gatherings and uh, some trade shows. So we have a um, convention coming up in the fall in Indianapolis. That's exciting. But we're invited to come back to La Trobe uh, in the end of June. And we had such a good time. And the Palmer family came out and Doc Giffen uh, and some of Arnold Palmer's old pals came out. Uh, it was wonderful. So going back there again is really an honor for us. And uh, it, it's open uh, to the uh, our, our membership, but also folks who uh, want to come out and be with us and see how we roll. 
So that'll be June 27th. So we're making sort of a, a weekend swing out in that general direction. So there's, there's a lot going on. Yeah, we're having fun. Vern, it hasn't been all that long since the last snowstorm up there in Pittsburgh, which is odd to say now that we've turned the calendar to May. Have you gotten out and been able to play yet? I have. Uh, I've uh, had some real fun times um, playing at Edgewood, my home course, which is a Donald Ross. And, you know, uh, things don't change. You hit that ball and it's just a little bit short and it Donald Rosses you, comes back to you and you got to chip it up with a with an interesting pitch shot. So, yeah, I've been out there. Uh, I had a real fun time up at Foxburg. I'm very excited about Foxburg 1887. It's a nine-hole track, an hour north of Pittsburgh, and we're engaging in a preservation effort. The Golf Heritage Society is a 1,000% behind that effort. It's the oldest golf course in the U.S. in continuous existence. It needs a little work. It needs a little love. It needs a little donation. So uh, some uh, organizations such as ours, uh, are putting together uh, uh, their list of uh, uh, interested people who care about the history of the U.S. Uh, game. And um, it was fun to be there. We had a gorgeous day. And um, there's, a, there's a lot of good things going on uh, around the, society, the Golf Heritage Society. And, Burns, talk about the history at Foxburg. Again, as you mentioned, the oldest course in the U.S., continuous. But talk about some of the history that's taken place there. You know what? It's pretty neat. Uh, really back, back way back, there was a fellow uh, from uh, the U.S. who uh, visited uh, St. Andrews and met this guy named Tom Morris, uh, and they got to be somewhat uh, friendly. And Tom sent him home with some golf clubs uh, to come back to the U.S. And uh, this gentleman's name was Fox, and he was a businessman. He had several things going, but people wanted to know about these these golf clubs so they put together uh some holes and then they uh, developed a golf full golf course and uh, became very popular they started a club and uh, they've continued to this very day uh as a uh, uh a golf club and uh you know at one time they had one of the first uh museums for golf history uh it was called the all-american uh, uh golf museum and the uh, original uh, clubhouse that they had had a fire and burned down so they built one it's a big log cabin kind of thing and it's really like a large home uh in the upstairs they've got room and room and room of antique golf clubs and uh, really from all eras really old uh, uh hickory shafted clubs they've got a lot of unique uh things in there as well from the uh classic golf era and that's what i like about it it it's um it's a golf course that has seen it all uh, from the very beginning right up to the modern. And when we played the event uh, for the opening of the preservation, Chris, um, you know, we, we played modern, um, but I forgot to bring the modern. So I had the hickory. So, heck, I was hitting hickory with a modern ball and I, I was in hog heaven. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Fern, um, we recently lost a legend on the LPGA Tour, Shirley Sports. She was one of the founding members of the LPGA Tour. For people who aren't familiar with her, talk about her career and her legacy. Well, Shirley Spork is is one of the originals. Uh, everybody loved her for her uh, fine sense of humor um, and her love of the game and love of people who who played the game. 
And we were very blessed, Chris, uh, the Golf Heritage Society, as one of its member benefits, started uh, a Zoom series. Uh, we, we have our board meetings by Zoom. We said, hey, why can't we call some friends who, who could entertain us and educate us? And, and we started doing that. We had the last summer series in the fall, and then we just completed the winter series. And, you know, Shirley was the last person of the winter series. And when you talk with someone like Shirley Spork, She's going to talk about uh, golf and her golf career, her friends and her friends in golf. But, you know, um, Shirley Sport talked to us about American history, what it was like back in the day to uh, travel and what it was like uh, to be, you know, a professional when the money wasn't great. And you know what um, really stood out was the value of friendships and the value of supporting each other. And uh, it was it was an incredible walk in time for us. We were all mesmerized uh, by by that uh, that interview, and um, it was just a fun day, fun fun event. Vern, you also recently posted about pulling out your walking sticks and asked if people knew what a Sunday stick was. Talk about what a Sunday <laughs> stick is. Well, you noticed that, yeah, it was for fun. Um, they were they were in the uh, bedroom in the corner, and I said, you know. I have to pull those out and highlight them. So I cleaned them up a little bit, took a few photos, put them on Facebook, both the Golf Heritage Society's group page, which is free to the public. And we put a lot of fun things on there. And it's open to the public to post uh, your golf uh, uh, stories and collectibles. Well, anyway, Chris, I, I uh, pulled those, those sticks out. And two of them were made by our members. And they are exquisite pieces of art. And for the people that are wondering, well, what is a Sunday stick? Well, back in the day, it was forbidden to play golf on Sunday. And those of us who would jones over one day of not playing or thinking about golf um, had a little walking stick that was shaped in the, uh, uh, in, in the way of a mini golf club. And it actually could be used as a, a little uh, mini golf club, usually to putt or chip. So. Uh, these folks would have a ball in the pocket and they'd, uh, um, wander off into the, uh, side areas where uh, no one would be, uh, watching them in particular drop a ball and <laughs> take a few chips or putts. And, uh, that's why it was called a Sunday stick. Burn the golf collectibles market is really exploding now. Talk about the things that you are seeing that people are starting to collect. Well, you know, it is going nuts, and you may have seen, and your listeners uh, may have heard that uh, set of uh, irons that was used by Tiger Woods uh, set a record uh, for an auction uh, in, in excess of $5 million, and that was just blew, blew us away. Um, and, you know, a lot of these uh, hard-to-find things, you know, things are, things are important when they're uh, owned by uh, – someone famous or used in a famous event or very rare, unusual, one of a kind, those sorts of things. But also things that are important for new and young collectors are intimate items, things that are um, valuable to the individual. First time you play golf with dad or mom, uh, that scorecard and, and the, the, the ball, of course, for your hole in one uh, or the first time that you actually uh, shot par, shot your age. It's amazing uh, the significance of those items, too. 
So there's economic value, and then there's the personal and sentimental value. And I always like to mention that, Chris, because that's a such an important uh, part of uh, uh, golf and golf collecting. I, I really uh, have both uh, types of items myself. Not a real expensive collection, but uh, a smattering of um, uh, nice collectibles and uh, uh, a ton of personally important uh, uh, because of who I was with and where I was, and uh, those kind of significant uh, moments for me in the game of golf. Burn, just a couple more before I let you go. And we all know about some of the great courses that, that aren't far from Pittsburgh, you know, the Oakmonts and the Latros. But there are some really great courses right there in Pittsburgh for people that are coming to the area. Talk about some of those courses that they should be sure to check out. Sure. You know, the, the all-time favorite is the Muni at Chenley Park. Um, we now call it the Bob, named after Bob O'Connor, uh, one of our past mayors. Um, and uh, that's a nice track. Uh, we, we go between having it as a nine-hole course uh, that's a little longer, using the longer holes for the people that want to play modern. But it's a heck of a course uh, to play the older uh, clubs. And I've uh, encouraged uh, the staff there to have hickory sets and balls that people can experience the old course because it's 1892. Uh, that's a, that's a, a real treat, uh, as well. So, um, you know, of course I like, uh, some of the, uh, accessible country clubs and, you know, some of the munis a little further east is, uh, Murraysville. It's a nice little track for people who visit. And, um, uh, you know, those are just a couple, uh, that I would name. Uh, Chris, I hope I can mention that I uh, would like folks to come to our website, uh, golfheritage.org, and uh, see all the very uh, entertaining, interesting, and opportunities to learn about the old game. Uh, I was looking at our website uh, uh, just before coming on, and uh, we put up a, uh, a special area of um, uh, golf subgroups, and that's what we're doing now. We're going online uh, together to start subgroups for people to come on once or twice a month. Uh, to talk about their new finds. Well, if you go on our website, golfheritage.org, and look at the uh, trophies and medals, it will blow you away. It will take you places uh, all around the world, who had what, who won what, and the bling is incredible. So it was just something that was, uh, for me, uh, just a, a, a thrilling experience, even though I have, uh, have a few things. It's always nice to uh, see what the other guy has. So, uh, yeah, so thanks for uh, having me on. I really appreciate it. No, we're glad to have you. Remind everybody again, Bern, about the fall convention and then the, the June 27th show that you talked about at the top. Latrobe uh, Country Club is a, an hour east uh, of Pittsburgh, and uh, it'll be a lot of fun. Uh, it'll have a trade show. It'll have a uh, heritage golf event. We call it that because some folks will play modern. Some folks will play classics like uh, Palmer, Nicholas, and Player, and some folks will play um, Hickory Stick, so um, we uh, call that a heritage event. And uh, then in uh, later in the year, in September 21 through 24, we'll have a trade show, we'll have our golf uh, competitive event, we'll have a lot of fun in fellowship and trading and what we call room trading, visit each other's rooms and seeing who brought what, and uh, you know we'll have our Hall of Fame induction. That's September 21 through 24 in Indianapolis, I believe, at the Wyndham West. So we're very excited. The program will be very strong. 
uh, I believe we're going to uh, highlight art and photography. Um, and uh, I'm sure that the USDA will uh, uh, again visit and produce a very valuable uh, experience like they did last year. Well, Vern, I can't thank you enough for coming back and being a part of the show. Always, always educational, always fun having you uh, as a part of the segment. Uh, you, you have so much great, so many great stories and so much great history uh, to share with us, particularly for for uh, someone like me from Western Pennsylvania. We get to hear a lot about what's going on up there. I can't thank you enough for sharing those stories and uh, letting us know about the great events you have coming up. Well, thanks very much, Chris. It's always a pleasure, and there, there's lots going on. So uh, uh, um, hopefully folks will check us out, and uh, we'll come back another time if you like. So thank you. Absolutely. Again. Have a good evening. All right. Take care, Vern. That's the great Bern Bernacki. Again, he is the president of the Golf Heritage Society. Golfheritage.org is the website. June 27th up in Latrobe. Boy, doesn't that sound like a great event? How could it not be? Right there in Arnie's backyard and then the Fall Convention in Indy, September 21 to 24. So uh, for someone like me, if you love the game, there are two places that I, I think you need to be for uh, 22. So great having Bern as part of the show. Look forward to catching up with him again a little bit later on in the year.